0: Welcome, everybody, to Black Coffee and Theology. So on the pod again today, this is going to be part two of the conversation that I had with Terrence Lester and... We're just gonna keep it rolling. There's going to be no "What's in my cup" because i was still drinking the same thing, <laughs> and I I won't be doing reading on this particular podcast. And so, yeah, <laughs> party people, tap right back in. Bless you.
1: I I think people have, so people uh, conflate compassion and justice as being the same thing. (laughs) True, You know, compassion, we as Christians are kind of wired to be compassionate towards our neighbors, right? Compassion of like, uh, you know, showing up for a person who's gone through like a crisis or, you know, providing benevolence. Uh, to someone who is caught in a financial uh, uh, situation or, you know, providing clothing or meals, like these compassionate responses, but justice asks us to ask the questions about why we need to be compassionate, right? Um, You know, why are so many African-Americans incarcerated or Black people incarcerated? You know, why is the community that doesn't have uh, proper produce or grocery stores? Why is it a, a food desert, right? Um, why are there uh, businesses moving out of a neighborhood leaving the folks that are actually living in the neighborhood more impoverished? Or um, when we gentrify our neighborhood, how does one go from being uh, able to afford their uh, uh their, their place of residence to not being able uh, to afford it because of the inflation uh, that happens when, uh, you know, communities are taken over, right? Yeah. Um, so when I see compassion, you know, this old story, you know, guy walks up to a river, he notices, you know, a body floating in the river. Uh, he responds by taking it out and, you know, Uh, getting the body on the ground and then he notices another and another and another and all of these responses are compassionate responses, but if the the guy was to drive up the street, he would see that there's a factory actually putting the bodies in the river, and he would ask the greater question is why is this happening, and I think um, when we think about justice, we have to ask the questions that causes us to have to respond compassionately, so we can correct the systems of injustice. Because when we look at biblical justice, we're looking at, um, you know, correcting what is wrong in a rightful way. If I'm saying that correctly, you're good yeah. the theologian, brother. No,
0: <laughs> you definitely are. I and I think that is. I love that you just connected compassion and justice in in putting that spotlight on what can often be the dichotomy when people think just because I had compassion, I did the justice work. And we saw that in 2020, especially. Oh, brother. <laughs> and uh, and uh, people were like, I did a video. I did the blackout face on Instagram, like justice. Um, and I thought that, <laughs> justice, right. uh, black people, we love you. Uh, I'm like, um, like, brother, we, we out here dying out here. Um, uh, we, we did a diversity and inclusion panel. Um but uh, which why is why I loved that you wrote this book when we stand uh, which is why I literally I was amening after so many chapters <laughs> um I, you had one of the chapters uh think we, not me mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> I literally I caught the Holy Ghost on that chapter <laughs> uh, <laughs> because and the reason is because, I saw so many Lone Ranger um, inclusion panels or like individuals trying to rise up and do justice work uh, without any type of actual thoughts, without any type of group mentality. And people just thought, we just about to, quote unquote, do justice, or we are just about to have compassionate posts. and literally a year later, we still out here dying. Um, and it, and for me, justice work that one isn't rooted in communal care and isn't rooted in community is not effectual, right? Like mm. justice work has to be ongoing and it has to be rooted in community. And that's why that particular chapter, I, I used it in a, uh, um, in uh in a class, actually, um, that chapter. And I pointed to that, I pointed to your book often um, because I was fed up um, with uh, justice work that wasn't rooted in anything. And so for me, uh, I really loved a lot of points of your book, but especially the fact that justice work that is just rooted in me just trying harder is not, is not the wave at all. So yeah,
1: brother, it 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 is not the wave. And um, you know, I think justice is something we do with others. Justice is a lifestyle. Um, the goal of justice is to remove obstacles so others can help themselves. Yes.
0: Yes. Please say that um, again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the goal of justice is to remove obstacles so others can help themselves. Yeah. Justice restores human dignity by creating an environment in which all involved give and receive in the spirit of reciprocal learning and mutual ministry. I said, um, justice, in essence, has to happen in community. Yes. Um, Brother, because we are all a part of the beloved community. Like, you know, when uh, Martin Luther King uses this language of it being a world house, he's casting this vision that the world is our address, you know? And so many times, we allow gated communities to communicate this idea that this world only belongs uh, to an exclusive group. Um, I think I said one time before, no one holds a monopoly on human dignity. <laughs> you know, There are no exclusive rights to what human dignity is. And once we really understand that, I, I think that sets us up to, to understand that we're all interconnected in some way. Um, in his sermon in 1967, uh, King is talking about, man, you can't even wake up in the morning without having a global encounter. You know, where do you get your coffee yeah, from? You yeah, get, yeah, yeah. You know, your that. shirt from, the decor in your house from, you know, to be alive is to constantly be in global community.
0: True.
1: Yeah. Um, and to think about justice apart from, the existence of community in our everyday actions in our lives is is to do justice a real disservice. Um, I also think brother, that people have made justice work or this this romanticized idea of what justice is, an addiction, Um, that social media has given us an opportunity to, to cast this, uh, this persona as if we are doing justice, but really, in essence, it can be self-seeking, self, uh, the self-gratifying, and you know, hiding behind a screen uh, in a way. Where we don't even have to be in community and make it seem as if we are, but we're not, um, gives us an excuse to really remove ourselves from truly being proximate to the community uh, that is suffering or you know, is marginalized. If you were to ask the average person, you know, how are you showing up in community? You know there could be a lot of silent responses. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, the awareness piece isn't critical. I'm saying that has to be coupled with movement, coupled with proximity, coupled with presence, coupled with connecting with our, our brothers and sisters in a tangible way um, to show up.
0: Yeah. And, and there's a bag too, to be, shared too um right now because everyone justice is ambiguous enough right now where if you say it um people will pull you in for money um and there's no real goals um you could be a diversity expert (laughs) Um, and a justice expert and it's like wait what are your credentials here (laughs)
1: <laughs> Bro, and, and, and the, the D out panels like a uh, um, Dr. Crosby. He's a he's a colleague of mine, and a uh, and he's also a president of HBCU. He's a part of my PhD program, but he says when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, we automatically uh, we automatically think that. Uh, Black and brown people occupy a lot of white spaces, which is not even the case. Truly. Father. So we have to include, you know, I would say the B and the A to the DEI, which is belonging and access, uh, which is oftentimes left out of those types of conversations is diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging and access, uh, which the access piece is very critical.
0: That's all another, nother. Um, ooh, okay. Two more questions I have for you, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and I, I will say on that, I think doing um, justice work in community um, allows you and allows one to, be able to have endurance right I think w- what we saw from this past year mm. is some people ju- jumped into justice work and they were tired after a month of posting blackout photos um mm. and they were I'm tired <laughs> like <"Ooh>, y'all, <laughs> y'all tired after a month Um, Right. This is gonna be a. (laughs) We're never gonna be free. Um, (laughs) So I think, um, to your point of even doing this justice work in a communal way, in an accountable way, in this web of uh, of interlocking with one another. Uh, allows us to have endurance with um, the shared strength yes. of of what each one brings. Right? It's not yes. it's an, it's not just person over here doing it in the in their own mind in their own strength. Right? There's shared resources too. And mm. you know, like I think about, you could be doing the work that you do just with your own family but I love even in your first book and in your second book, you talked about the maturation of your, your ministry, right. Yes. And where you've grown, even from the first book to the second book talking about it, it's not just your own resources, right? right. Like you have a bigger pool of people. You have a bigger pool of resources, uh, finances, et cetera, et cetera. Um, no, y'all, not out here, just you
1: and your wife. <laughs> Man, you can't, brother, to try to accomplish things devoid of community will set you up uh, for what you just referenced when you said, you know, y'all tired out already. Uh, you, you actually made me think about uh, Kendrick Lamar in yeah. his bar when he says, we're going to be all right. Yeah. When he says, we... he's speaking to this reality that I know we are going to continue to suffer, but we together is where we pull our strength from we together is how we press through we together is where we find rest and comfort and endurance and all of the things that uh, you just mentioned, despite the realities of injustice and oppression and uh, all of the things, inequities, I mean, you can name a list, we are going to be all right, right? And I think it's something to that, um, that we can take away even from our conversation today, that no matter where a person finds themselves in their their right now social location, whether they're doing the work of justice or not, or just trying to navigate life, period, we are going to be all right. Um, in the words of uh, Brother Kendrick. Ooh, okay. One,
0: not not so heavy a question, and then one uh, deep uh, thing I'm gonna ask you. One, uh, any projects or things coming up um, of where uh, the people can find you or things that people can be looking out for from you in the future
1: yeah there
0: you're working um, on your PhD life I'm also I'm again. also jealous of these books behind you life <laughs> um, oh,
1: brother,
0: I'm like I'm peeping these books um, but also yeah projects things coming up
1: <laughs> uh, yeah man I'm uh, working on PhD in public policy and social change uh, specifically okay. researching, how social constructions have criminalized people experiencing homelessness due to social and political rhetoric mm-hmm. um, and and how that's also upheld by religion and white supremacy. Uh, when you talk to a lot about, you know, this social programming right. Um, You know, I'm studying what we actually need to do to reframe this narrative to provide more empathy in the world, uh, whether it's in the the policies that we create or deconstructing those policies or how we actually respond and just kind of using social learning theory as my basis of how we have been socially conditioned based upon our environments and who we are in close proximity to to learn how to treat other people which in many ways we've learned mislearned how to treat our neighbors i'm working on another book um about um race blackness in the church Um, and brother i you know as an organization we are thinking about uh creating a empathy school um uh, we've done this work you know kind of with our museum but you know wanting to to create you know some actual tangible materials for people to actually learn what it means to show up with compassion and be empathetic towards their neighbor whoever their neighbor is and the reason being is because of the quote that i love that says we don't have to teach people how to be human we actually have to teach people Uh, to stop being inhumane towards others um, which is you know really powerful so whether you know we're training law enforcement officers to be empathetic towards the uh, houseless population or you know uh, people who seek to get into volunteerism um, and bring some of that social programming uh, into environments in a toxic way and are also stepping on the dignity of those who are vulnerable and marginalized, uh, pushing back against this savorism mentality, uh, just really talking about the the inner workings of how do we affirm the stories of those who don't have the dominant narrative? Uh, What does it mean to embody narrative justice and actually to live that out as a practice? Passing the microphone. We don't need any more people you know being a voice for the voiceless people have their own voices we need people oh. <laughs> uh, willing and daring enough to pass a microphone to people whose voices have been silenced you know teaching teaching that brother and um i mean just can lastly just continuing to show up at, in a consistent way uh, because like you said this work has a longevity component to it it's uh what I think brother Gene Edwards was trying to communicate when he said long obedience in the same direction. Um, (laughs) So that's what we've got going. (laughs) I love
0: it. I love it. Last question. Um, And however this hits you, what does the word home mean to
1: you? Yeah. I think home is more than four walls and a roof. Uh, home is a place where you feel seen accepted and have a sense of belonging and if we were to take that definition um, to really define home we have to ask ourselves how many people truly feel at home in the presence of us Um, you know because you know if your presence feels like home. What you're really doing is going back to what we were talking about uh, earlier: is creating a community where people feel safe and sheltered. Hey, amen hey, amen. Oh.
0: Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for for our Patreon at patreon.com slash men. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod, as well as Three Black Men.